A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. We have to understand God rightly to know him intimately. It is the gospel that orients my thinking on every other issue. You can know if you're trusting in Jesus that every single atom in this universe is working for your good. That's why I'm sticking with Jesus. Not because he always does what I want him to do. I'm sticking with Jesus because I just haven't found any better alternative. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Black Berea podcast, episode 70. My name is Mary and I'm on the podcast with Richard and Gabby. How are you guys doing? 2021 Rich. Happy New Year. Yeah. Is that a prophetic word? 2021 Rich. Big things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you guys? Well, how are you ladies doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, the transition from 2020 to 21 was very, very different. Probably the most muted it's been in a very, very long time. So it's, it's, it still right. feels weird that I'm in a new year. Um, and a lot of people are back to work today, but I've took some extra days just to relax. But yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I think it feels like just yesterday when everyone was doing the um, that 10-year challenge, like 10-year challenge, what I looked like 10 years ago, what I look like, do you know what I mean, now? Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I'm telling you, if people were to do um, a one-year challenge, I'm telling you, it would just be the reverse pictures. But yeah, <laughs> as Hagger does. Nah, for real. Yeah, people were struggling to find four pictures they took this year. So I was thinking, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Gabby, how you been? Oh, that's it. Um, yeah, I'm good. I think today was my first day. I say back in the office, wherever my office is, where that I decide. Um, yeah. So just bracing myself to look at emails, bracing myself to work through some messages. But yeah, it's been okay. 2021. It's bizarre even to say that. 2021. No, thank you. But praise the Lord, really. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Mm. Richard, it's been a it's been a minute since we've had you on a podcast. So, wait, wait, how you been? Yeah, so I'm good. Um, I said uh, I was talking to you a lot earlier, just before starting. But yeah, I've got a baby due on Thursday. Thursday? Um, Can you imagine? <laughs> the seventh of January. I know. So baby due very soon. So oh. I'll keep in prayer. Well, my wife in prayer for that. Um, yeah. I'll be our third child. It'll be a baby boy. Um, and his name is Beep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> um, Wait for yeah, it. You'll find, out, you'll find out with the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, so that's that's me at the moment. So just sneaking in a, a a quick a quick pod, just aware that I'm not sure when I'll be able to do another one. So, mm. are you in hardcore nesting mood? I don't know the guys nest. Like you know, just buy nah, your I don't think we do. You know, <laughs> well, I'm sure this is guy equivalent. Muscle, I'm stacking cash. That's how we nest. Cash. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I, I, do you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. For all my kids, I never nested. Don't get me wrong; like, I love my kids. I was, you know, I was talking to the bump. I was doing all that kind of stuff. But in terms of like nesting, no, nah, guys, never thought it. Don't worry. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's biological though. Like, yeah, might, that's what I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, might legit be biological, but yeah, I don't. I don't did did I your don't. wife go into a clear nesting era? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. all three times. As if we don't even have kids already. Like, yeah, every time. <laughs> and, and how are you feeling about having a, a third child? That's that's a Who's family of five. Is this uh, your that's a first? Po- that's a different podcast in and of itself. But yeah, having a boy, um, a black boy, just in this climate, oh, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think that was, this is one of the things that, like, I think I always didn't mind having girls. And I think I've always been slightly put off having boys just because, I know what it's like being a black boy. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, like black women have their own struggles, but 
I think just from an empathetic point of view, like me as a black boy growing up, and I even just think about, for example, something crazy, like how many times I almost lost my life growing up. Like I just think Mm. about that and I'm just like, I can't even imagine raising a boy in this day and age. Like I can't imagine. I even remember just periods growing up and just thinking in my head, if I ever had a family, I wouldn't even be able to imagine raising a boy and just knowing, like thinking the fact that you would have to navigate like all of this like hood life and all that kind of stuff. Like I just feel it's too Mm. much. But but yeah, man, just praying for God's grace. And and yeah, yeah, just, yeah, and just praying. Yeah, praying, man, praying, 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 praying. Absolutely, parenthood will teach you a lot of things, primarily how to pray. Yeah, for real. Yeah. For real, man. Yeah. But, um but yeah, looking forward to it, honestly. Um definitely just committing that into the hands of the Lord and, and yeah, just looking forward to having a son, really. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Exciting, is. man. Exciting. You yeah. know what's really mad? Uh let me not actually even say that to be honest. No, no, it's fine. I've got a few friends who have had like boys or who are having boys at the moment, literally loads right now. And the big topic right now is circumcision. That thing is long, bro. You might <laughs> I was not expecting that. Careful. Wait, what you're thinking? Is it the thinking through circumcision or the process nah, itself? All about having it. Like them man are saying they had it just because of not even like peer pressure, mainly a bit of health benefits. But um, but yeah, like they're just like I'm seeing the horror stories and people just crying. But you know the big thing that shocked me just how expensive it actually is. Is it expensive? It's expensive. How much does it cost? It's three figures. Raw. I don't know that. You know, which three <laughs> figures? <laughs> what? <laughs> So it's in the hundreds. Um, uh, is it one of, somebody somebody free free bill fifty? Wow! I need to get a side hustle. What's that? That's what I said, man. <laughs> I'm gonna sign up. What's the registration process? I'm, I might open up like a like you know like like, like, a, like a store like baby clips. You man are so silly. Side hustle of circumcising children. Yo, hilarious. My own anyway. Between <laughs> you and your friends, you might make some cash because you know you guys. Got a few kids on the way. Real, for real. And I even wonder how that works in 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 the COVID period as well. Oh, can you imagine? I'm even wondering, like, how would I train? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not even gonna lie, slightly derailing the whole thing, but that is a whole subject in and of itself, especially in a, kind of our context and culture. Because some there's, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of feelings about it, and obviously Christianly, and then obviously Biblely, and then culturally, it's a lot of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think you have to do it as a Christian, but obviously, it's just no, clearly not. Well. Hopefully, clearly not. Sorry, let's move on. Let's yeah, let's move on. Anyway, guys, <laughs> we're, we're, we're looking at our series, which is Church in the Wild. I know we had previously titled it Life in Lockdown, but we're actually, it's Church in the Wild. So we're talking about the church. So we've had conversations about the online church, church online. The last episode we had about uh, memberships or church membership. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about fellowship. So just the whole idea of fellowship. So let's let's just begin. Guys, what why is fellowship important and also taking a step back as well? Like how would you even define fellowship? Mm. He wants to take that one. Is you rich? He started it, so you can go rich. Okay, cool. Um so yeah, I guess just really, really quickly at a very high level, like when I when I actually went to look up um just the word uh, fellowship men, especially in the Greek, just to kind of refresh my mind and all that kind of stuff. Um it was just really interesting because obviously the word is actually koinonia. Um, and what came to mind was just the term koine Greek. So koine Greek is the way in which the, the is the language used to actually write the Bible. And that means like the common language, like the language that everybody kind of understands. And funny enough, then the words are similar. And it's because um, koinonia, the word for fellowship, essentially means like, like it's like to have everything in common, to share um, to participate with one another, 
Um, and, and that's what it really just means, like to actually have like communion, to like share with one another, to help each other, to participate with one another and um, to have all things in common. And I think that's why you see in like Acts, for example, in the early church, everyone literally sold everything they had. Right. Um, mm. Just to, you know, as a means of like supporting the whole church and, and, and the early church movement, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that's that's just the at the base, like what it really means um, is really just to share and help and participate with one another to live out gospel life with one another, essentially. Um, but I guess the reason it's important is just because taking a step back, like the church is not a building, but it's the people, right? And therefore, in one sense, the closest link we have to God in this world is actually God's people. And so when we engage in fellowship with one another, what we're doing is we are we are living out this, this gospel reality as 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 spiritual beings in earthen vessels um you know and and yeah it's just it's just it's just that kind of it's yeah it's living it's living life as those who are no longer of this world but you know belonging to a new world um but yet still here in this earth it's just doing that life together and 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 sharing in that together etc so Mm. a quick follow-up as well rich like because a lot of times when people speak about fellowship there's always kind of this close link with friendship so do you feel like fellowship always involves uh, a aspect of friendship as well do i think fellowship i think there's an there's a sense in which you cannot get away from some at least at least some serious connotations of friendship when you when you engage in fellowship if that makes sense because it might not necessarily be that everybody you encounter for example you might meet a believer across the world from across the world that you've never met before from adam but you have fellowship with that person. And that means that your help, you would actually give yourself to that person. You would sacrifice things on behalf of that person. Um, you would have a, a form of relationship with that person that's deeply rooted in the most precious thing you have in this world, you know, um, Jesus Christ. And yet, even though you don't necessarily have like other things that you might have in common, if that makes sense, like you might not necessarily like the same football team, yeah, you might not even like the same sports. You might not even speak the same language, but there's a sense in which you have something deep that's in common, um, which transcends everything else that you have in common. If that makes sense, and so like even yeah. though I don't necessarily want to equate that in and of itself to friendship, I think there are definitely tenants there that you should see in friendship, and that would actually make you even a better friend if you were to exhibit that in your natural friendship. If that makes sense. So, yeah, that does make sense. So does that mean, and I know I'm probably going off topic, but does that mean that... You have to be friends with everyone. Is this, is this the kind of question you're trying to get at? No, not even that. But like, so that means your fellowship may be stronger with your people that you actually have common interests aside, outside of the the present one of being a believer. I don't necessarily think, I don't necessarily think stronger per se. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily think stronger. Don't get me wrong. I do think there's... I do think there's a sense in which we might express our fellowship with one another in stronger senses with some people than others, but I don't necessarily think that's always a, that's always the best thing. Just because of what I'm saying fellowship is. In, in, the, health, sense that, yeah. in the sense that it's you being willing to um, give yourself to another person, um, to, sacrifice, to help another person, to live out a gospel reality with another person, um, you know, and to and to really, in in many respects, you know, like obviously Christ, lo- Christ love, like be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. Um, you know, and 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 it goes on to speak about how even Jesus Christ gave Himself up for us, etc. 
like when, when, whenever like fellowship is spoken about in those kind of terms, or even Philippians chapter two, um, where you where it reads and it speaks about you know having that mind that that was also in Christ, etc. But it talks about us laying aside our own interests, essentially again sacrificing our own rights for the sake of another. I think those types of like aspects of fellowship you should be able to express and should seek to be able to express to everybody. Um, yeah. And so and so yeah, like it would almost be saying that. I'm willing to sacrifice more for some people because I have, because I like football. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, which I, which doesn't really make much sense to me. Like when I'm trying to phrase it, think of it in those kind of terms. No, I think, I think that's super helpful. And I think that's something that we can fall into. Cause I think with um, fellowship, as, as you, as you said, like I think of commonality, like you have a, a common interest with believers and we know that's because of the gospel. Um, so that means that that's shared across all christians throughout the world um and that's why fellowship is so important um yeah gabby why do you think fellowship is important well at first word i want to jump on the back of riches that's such a challenge that's such a challenge because in some ways it feels like of course you would sacrifice for those who you instinctively instinctively connect with so much more instinctively um like if someone if you have a natural affinity and natural friendship you laugh at the same things you're from the same end you get the same jokes sacrifice and they're a christian there's someone with whom you you are a fellow, you have fellowship with. Sacrifice for those people is feels very instinctive because they're your friend instinctively. You care for them. That's what friendship looks like. I suppose friend fellowship then is is a challenge for those that we don't have those instinctive relationships with. People that yeah, we don't like the same things. We don't listen to the same music. We're trying to talk and we're like, I don't know what what, what is there in your thinking. What's the next question I can ask to keep this conversation going? Even with that person at church. Um, whilst the friendship dynamic is, isn't there, the fellowship dynamic is there. And so it's a challenge to sacrifice and care for and go out of your way for that person. Right. Um, because the, rea- the reality of the underlying fellowship is, is uh, as true with that person as the person who's actually instinctively your friend. So then it's a, mm. that's, that's a challenge because you're like, oh, the person that, the person that I, I don't vibe with at church, is, I'm, I'm in as much, the reality of our friendship is as of our fellowship is as true as the person that I'm friends with, who I have fellowship mm. with. And so I really need to be, I, I need to be in a place where I can serve and sacrifice for and pursuing friendship and love them in this, in the way that I would instinctively for someone whom I'm, who I'm actually cool with and who I have fellowship with. Do you know, mm. like, hearing, I'm already hearing, feeling a bit cut. Rich is already cutting me a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm even just thinking like hearing you like break that down. I'm just trying to figure out what does, like, okay, moving away from like the abstracts, what does that actually look like? Like, what is it like? What does healthy fellowship in a church kind of look like on a day to day basis? If that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it. I think for me, it, it would kind of encapsulate having a breadth of of love for all the saints. Mm. Um, so, I, as as you guys have said, it's easy to 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 have that relationship with those who you have interests with, but for the person that you only see weekly, um, that you don't sit next to you, that doesn't live next to you having that same desire um, to reach out to them and to build a relationship that way you can encourage one another and, and share um, in what you're learning and what 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 um, the Lord is teaching you. Um, yeah. And I think, and it, yeah, so it, it's, it's really covering um, the breadth and the necessity to really engage with one another. Because I think when I think of fellowship, I, I see it as a means of grace, which really um, helps us persevere. And when you don't, when, 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 you, when you miss out on that, when you're missing out on, on actually 
the the mutual benefits you can you can give one another in your local church you really are being affected spiritually um so that, that's that's why I, I think it's important that that we do build healthy relationships in the church that are that aren't actually centered around our interests whether that be you know side hustles or children or right. career right. but actually things that are, are spiritual things and that build you up to have those kind of side mm-hmm. interests mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. sections where you kind of can interact or where that makes sense but say that again. So do you think it's bad? Like, for example, let's say um, you like, you like, why do sports keep coming to mind? Let's say you like grime, Mary. Um, yeah. Let's say you like grime. By the way, I'm saying that, but some of our listeners might not actually know what that actually is. <laughs> grime is like a form of music, right? So let's say you like a particular, that particular genre of music um, and I like that genre of music or whatever. Actually, you know, let's say Gabby likes that genre of music. Is it wrong for you and Gabby now to just about grime? And, like, do you know what I mean? Like, is, that, is that something you should try and shy away from or... Is that something no, you can do? I, I don't think you, sh- you shy away from it. I just think you, you, I just think you don't centre that as the core of your spiritual relationship. Right. I, I think sometimes the dangers you fall into is that you see someone weekly, you see someone every day, and you speak about everything but the scriptures, right. but your walk, but, you know, temptation, but, you know, daily growing in grace. And it's so easy to do that. And I think you have to, because it's a discipline, you have to almost rouse yourself up to, to to remember that actually the commonality we have isn't that we like a genre of music or films or whatever it's actually that we're both christians and we both love the gospel right. gabby what do you think yeah amen that's and yeah and it's it's so true like we you can just for hours um about everything and anything and what's on the socials and and it actually feels it can feel quite awkward and unfamiliar to say, oh, how's your Bible reading going? <laughs> in some relationships, that can feel quite a foreign thing to do. It really does take, um, yeah, a conviction that that is the fundamental thing in our relationship. That's the thing that binds us. And I think that's why fellowship is such a beautiful thing because you're living out something that is is true. Like you are united in Christ. This is someone whom you will know for all eternity. So, you, so when you're having fellowship, you're not trying to muster something that's not real or trying to trying to right. grow something or trying to curate something. Mm. No, it's, it's already true. This is your brother. This is your sister. Um, you are a part of the same body. And you're you're now trying to experience that. You're trying to live that out. Um, but I, yeah, but that takes that can take a certain level of intentionality and consciousness to really decide to um yeah friendships that you can you can just enjoy and just laugh and praise god for those things that's a real blessing amen um mm, yeah okay. but but you don't want that to be absent of of genuinely spiritually caring for each other um praying together and that can feel and and i know that i'm even thinking it's one of my relationships so that's not really the norm thinking about that can feel weird like are we just going to be sat in sat in uh i was going to say somewhere nowhere's open where can we sat in the park um, and then you say oh let's pray like that's weird and it, and it, I suppose yeah initially it does feel weird but that's the blessing of having friendship but really that's undergirded by fellowship this is someone who you can do mm. that with. um you can't do that with your friends who just like what you like and who aren't who you're not in fellowship with exactly um, so yeah it probably feels weird and I'm guessing some listeners are like is that what people are doing in their friendships and you can too you can too pick one and try <laughs> <laughs> you can't find anyone Gabby will do it with you pardon? I was going to say you can't find anyone you'll do it with them you're going to my services as friend I'll <laughs> send you my cash at what? I'm joking, I'm joking. and I, I think good um, relationships 
are able to navigate both. So like you have a, a, a someone you know in church and you can laugh about a particular topic for so long and then actually speak about how your Christian worldview has to be centered in that. So you can complain, oh, work is really stressing me out. But then you actually say, but I'm grateful I have a work and this is how I can actually use that as a way to, to honor the Lord. And I think it's all about seeing how that's able to, um, yeah, like how it's able to impact each facet of your life. Um, so yeah, so Richard, what, what other things do you think characterizes like healthy relationships in the church when it comes to fellowship? You know what? Yeah, I actually love both of your definitions. Um, one thing I would say, I think you mentioned love explicitly. I would, I would probably extend that and just say truth and love. Um, you mm-hmm. alluded to truth, but you mentioned love just to be, just to make it clearer. Um, and yeah, I think, I think really, even though it might look different from person to person to an extent, um, I think truth in the sense that, right, obviously the basis of our fellowship is in the fact that we both believe, you know, the fundamental truths of Christianity, right? And as a result, there should be like sufficient openness to, to as Gabby said, pray with one another, but also, you know, to challenge one another, to exhort one another and to rebuke one another, et cetera, um, just because we believe in the truth. Um, and there should be a sufficient level of openness to do that right um and this is, this is one of those things that i that i always struggle with when people talk about listen i want to i want to just even you'll see it a lot right now i just want to listen to church online right um or i want to just be separate from the church i don't necessarily attend any church all that kind of stuff the question is really like how can you be part of the body but apart from the body right in that in that sense like how can you, mm. how can you exa- like live out those kind of that kind of reality of um of actually having fellowship in truth right um and having that kind of commonality over the truth when you don't actually want to like open up to somebody else or you don't want to allow yourself to be challenged or you don't want to allow yourself to be exhorted or rebuked. You don't want to speak to people about how you're doing spiritually. Like I find it to always be an amazing thing that I might go on a Sunday, I might even preach a sermon, right? But after service, when I'm talking to people and I'm telling people about my struggles, I'm receiving, I'm receiving all these mini sermons from all the saints. Do you got what I'm trying to say? And and that's a that's a wonderful thing for me. And the second thing, like, as you've already mentioned, love. But you know, just that level of that willingness to actually like sacrifice um, on behalf of other people, like to actually stretch yourself for somebody else. Like, it's always an amazing thing when when I just sit down and I ask myself the question, like, when did you last stretch yourself for the sake of the for the sake of the body? Um, or when did you last stretch yourself for this particular person? You know, um, it's one thing to be like, oh, I don't necessarily like like the same music this person likes, so I don't necessarily. Um, speak the same way this person speaks or we wouldn't necessarily be friends like outside of like church for example for whatever reason but like when was the last time you stretched for them do you get what i'm trying to say like and i think that's a that's one of those challenges that anybody can take and just be like raw like i should be willing to stretch for this person i should be willing to give my time to them i should be willing to um give them my attention um give them my advice i should be willing to um to actually just like like treat them as a person and, and give them and let them know that they're not running this race alone, that there's somebody else running alongside them. Um, and also rely upon them in that sense to, to help me, um, because this is an interdependent faith. Um, and also just stretch myself in terms of my finances, you know, open up my home to them and do those types of things. Like these, these are wonderful ways, like not just things that we should see of the pastor. You know, you read those texts in like Titus and, and Timothy about the, how the pastor, the elder of the church is meant to be hospitable and all this type of stuff. But that's something that every single member of the, state, of the church should hope should seek to be to one another, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think truth and love in particular are great kind of frameworks or ideas to keep in mind when it comes to what healthy relationships in the church look like. 
and truth and love ultimately resulting in like openness, um, a kind of commonality, a willing to share, challenge, exhort, rebuke, and really you were just willing to sacrifice uh, on one another, on behalf of one another. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's super helpful. I think. I think. Yeah, this just um, looking through that truth and love dynamic because that would definitely uh, flow out into how we pray for one another, how we confess our sins to one another, how we encourage yeah. one another, how we spur another. Um, I think it's in Hebrews ten towards like love and good deeds. Like it's all in that framework of truth and love that that will kind of push us push us on. Is there any other characteristics, Gabby? You would you would say um, of a healthy relationship or things that we make dangers we could fall into? Um, I think truth and love co- covers a lot of it, and some of us will find different parts of that easier. Um, some of us will be like quick to sacrifice, quick to um, serve and give time, but we'll find it hard to correct each other. Um, we'll find it hard to say, say, oh, bro, that was a bit harsh, or maybe that joke was a bit coarse, or um, yeah, maybe you shouldn't talk about your boss like that. Um, some of us will be, even me, I'm a little bit uncomfortable even thinking of things that you that mm. you um, say in that <laughs> you say in truth. Um, and some of us will be on the other end of the spectrum and will love to tell people or find it much easier to tell people like, bro, fix up, da 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 But we'll find it hard to, um, yeah, pr- like sacrifice and care for. And, and in some senses, to be truthful is loving and to be loving is truthful. And so they should feed into mm. each other. But it's helpful to be aware of yourself, which which are those parts of, of um, fellowship you find more more difficult and therefore to kind of balance yourself out and be more intentional and prayerful about about the other half I know it's even so funny even today like I know I find it I find it hard to say um yeah like that's sin and I'm not trying like um <laughs> try and say oh you know but it's okay but it's okay but we know like oh yeah what you did was wrong and just and it's, and it, it's not comfortable and it's not easy and you and um or even to hear that to be ready to hear from a brother or sister the truth um what you did was wrong and they're not okay. trying to, you know, offer salve on your swords, but just say, yeah, that was wrong, and you have to repent and apologize. Like, um, we're not, we're not, we're not used to those sorts of relationships. We have lots of people around us who will gas us. You love the gas gang, da 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 da. But um, but people who will say to us hard things in truth, and who and who will love us in that, yeah, those relationships are quite rare. But like the blessing of of um of the church is that that's what we're striving to be for one another and to one another in our relationships what are some of the dangers dangers of what sorry uh dangers of in terms of what we may think is fellowship but i think it's probably been covered so we might think fellowship is going to watch football with someone that's not it may involve fellowship but just because you're doing that doesn't mean maybe a slight side thing i think fellowship i think some of one of the dangers can be um i think lots of us are looking for community and lots of us are looking for rightly looking for well rightly looking for community in the church but I think um often it's something that we seek out and maybe are not very prepared to we look for it as though we're not a part of it um and so maybe you're listening and you're thinking or you're you're thinking um yeah like I want I want to see community in the church and I don't see community in this church and that's an issue or or to use the language of this podcast like I want to see fellowship in the church I want to see us really ride and die for each other and and love and serve and sacrifice and give money and give time and I don't I don't see that and that's an issue in the church and you're very able to call that out in the church um but before before you it's right to call that out if it's lacking like love 
the expression of the gospel is missing in our community. That's a right thing to call out. But also, whilst calling it out, you have to check yourself. <laughs> um, am I one who seeks to establish community? Not even establish it, it's been established in Christ. But am I one who seeks to live it out? Am I, am, am I seeking to give and serve and go out of my way and love and be patient? Um, do I pray for my brothers and sisters? Um, do I pursue those in relationship who don't like what I like and who I have to really do being quite intentional about what I ask them because conversation isn't really too easy? Com- um, community isn't something that you just stumble upon and you just find. It's something that you build. You are a part of it. Um, yeah. Even the Gospel Coalition put out an article not long ago saying um, the person who looks for community is a fool. Look, like the search for community is foolish. I remember the word fool being in the title being like, all right, relax, bro, relax. <laughs> the point that they were making is like, yeah, you don't look for community, you be it. You don't look, well, you mm-hmm. obviously the fellowship, it ought to be there. And praise God if you're in a thriving church community where like you, the fellowship is deep and rich. Um, but if it's not, before you uh, drag somebody else, yeah it's it's a moment for to reflect and be like okay how can I go about um initiating deeper a deeper experience of the fellowship that we do have in Christ do I say to my friends oh let's pray about that sometimes or I don't oh well maybe let me let me take a a little awkward jump and see what happens um yeah just very quickly just to touch on something that I think Gabby alluded to by the way it was bare time sorry we're on um the way we're recording this, just for people's context, is we've got like we've got like the way a way to mute and unmute ourselves, right? And we can see it. I'm not gonna lie. There's been bare times where I've just been trying to tap my mute button um, because I'm thinking of Clubhouse. <laughs> so I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to tap and untap. You're my tapping mute. like you're like you're clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm Richard, man, lives on Clubhouse. I love it. I love yeah, it. Lives on <laughs> every day, on stage, every day. No, was, sometimes I just leave it on and walk away. I'll even lie to you. Um, I'll <laughs> tell anybody who sees me in the room. But um, what I was going to say is something that Gabby's actually alluded to a few times that I, I just wanted to like expand upon when it comes to dangers as well, is having truth without love or having love without truth. Because um, I think it's very possible for you to be in, as you mentioned, a community and uh, that, that, you know, this, this, this church community, this gathering, um, this body, and yet try and profess that you have fellowship but really, you're you have you have some 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 kind of lovey dovey mentality about yourselves, but actually, it's just not rooted. It's just not rooted in the truth, um, and that's problematic. Um, and and that can look like not wanting to tell each other the truth, as Gabby said um, earlier. But also um, having this kind of this willingness to be so harsh with one another and tell each other the truth, but with no love. Um, and I think those mm-hmm. both of those things can be very problematic when it comes to communities. And then finally, I think the other dangerous thing is especially when you have no truth being pushed out, um, it's very, very easy. And, and this will happen regardless, by the way, but it's very easy because the church is such, a, is such a, an important institution and the way in which we love each other is something that Christ himself prays in the garden of Gethsemane um, would stand almost as a witness to the, to the, to the watching world um, of our love, of the fact that this is a true religion, right? And this is something worthy to be, to be looked at. Um, one of the dangers is this, that actually you just have people who enjoy, who love the community that we've built within the church, who love the um, this, this kind of gospel community, this new covenant community, and just want to be a part of it for community's sake. Mm. And, and because the community is... Um, okay. 
is a because the community is is meant to transcend all other communities um obviously it's meant to be a community part excellence in that sense that means that by definition other people would want to be part of that if that just makes if that makes sense and so you're just gonna easily yeah. have loads of definitely, definitely. flocking in at times who are going to be comfortable sitting down amongst you and enjoying the way that you guys sacrifice for one another and all these types of things. But then like eventually like Stephen either exposed himself in this life, not Stephen, um, Simon the Sorcerer, exposed themselves in this life and be shown to be and, and prove that actually they were here for something from ulterior motive. Or um unfortunately on the day when Christ actually separates the wheat from the tares, you know, um, you know, and and separates those who are within like judges those who are within the church and actually says some of you um, claim to love me but with your, and worship me with your lips but your heart were far from me Th- that type of that type of person also has to be really wary you know they're not just fellowshipping in word um mm, i don't know if yeah. fellowshipping is a word but you know mm. I, th- I think that's really really good and really helpful richard because i think it talks about just the the, the vertical no the horizontal relationship and fellowship actually should always flow from the horizontal mm, the yeah, like the reason why we want to love the saints, we want to fellowship, is because we we're fellowshipping. We we know in doing that, we're actually fellowshipping with with the Triune wow. God, and so, mm. so it starts and ends with Him. Um, so, but in in a church, like in a in a big church, so like I'm assuming both of you guys probably go to a church that has, let's say, a hundred people. So, in a daily kind of weekly uh, practical sense, you might not be able to to speak to everyone, might not be able to talk to everyone. So. Do you have to love everyone? Do you have to fellowship with everyone in the church? Or could you just have kind of concentric circles of friends and you just talk to them and fellowship with them and love them man? And then obviously if you see the other guy in the corner, oh, hey, you're right, you're right, love, you're right. But then you don't really get to know them. Yeah, I think we've touched on this somewhat. Like, I think, yeah, everybody. I don't even think it's, don't think it's a question. Yeah, I think you have to be proactive in your in your desire to fellowship with everyone and and yeah, like you, you go out of your way. Um, I can't even stress how I, how important I think proactivity is in terms of fellowship. I don't think you can passively fellowship um, to some extent, right? I don't think I don't think you can really, in in one sense, passively fellowship because, in that sense, you might just be relying on this um, these earlier notions that we've mentioned, like just the kind of the fact that you share common interest and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think when you fellowship, you intentionally are opening yourself up to people. Um, you're talking to them about things you can't talk to anybody else in this world about, um, right? Like you can't just talk to anybody in the world. You can only talk to God's people about these things really in one sense, mm. but only they understand the vantage point with, from which you're speaking. And so this should almost feel like a breath of fresh air in one sense that you can finally almost like completely be yourself. I think that um, like some old saints used to actually refer to this as like, even just having this 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 air of complacency, um, the fact that you can't actually have this kind of full level of openness and 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 almost happiness when you're speaking to anybody else in this world because for the first time really you're speaking to people who are actually on the way to heaven with you if that makes sense mm. um, whereas in other yeah. times you're actually more concerned about the person's soul like I can be having the time of my life with somebody else but I'm still concerned about you know what's the state of your soul like um you know we have more important things to talk about than this excel spreadsheet you know if <laughs> we have talking about you know um like heaven and hell and these kind of realities and all of this type of stuff not just like investing or whatever like and so like i think that instantly means that you know when i'm speaking to people in the church like yes there's obviously this like this deep level of love for one another and this deep level of like um 
of just want to have fellowship with them because finally I can speak to them and, and, and interact with them and help them and, and engage with them on a level that I just can't do with anybody else in this world. Mm, so so are, you, are you saying that um, you should make efforts to reach everyone in the church? Um, the degrees and intensity might be different, but in terms of when you're speaking to your brethren, you should be open and transparent um, and, and wanting to fellowship with every single person in your local church. Yeah, I think you, I think you should do as, I think you should be willing to give yourself as much as you can for the sake of the body. Um, okay. Collectively, and at times, that looks like going out of your way for, oftentimes that might look like going out of your way for individuals. Um, yeah, is what I would say. Mm, yeah Gabby what would you say to that yeah even um I'm gonna say something but let me know what you think um I'm I'm probably even inclined to push it a little bit further I think when the church is gathered so yeah Sunday or midweek or whatever that looks like for you um I'm probably going to even encourage people to to make an effort to talk to people that they don't naturally vibe with in the week so, so I know that I'm going to see my friends at church on Sunday and it's, and it's going to be nice just to be after church and okay, 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 chatting, chatting, chatting. Um, but I, I actually I, I intentionally and actively would encourage others to seek out those whom you have fellowship and less friendship with, because in the week you're not naturally going to text them. You're not naturally going to be on their line. Praise God if you're going to do it intentionally, but in terms of just the rhythms that you're in, your group chats, whatever, whatever, um, so actually make a beeline for people that are not your your friends, but like I'm using air quotes, like friends, but you are in fellowship with. Um, yeah, so even like an, a steer against, well, I, well, anyway, that's my business. And maybe I work for church and maybe that's a bit of why I do that because I'm thinking about who's on the periphery of the church life. Who, like I'm naturally going to speak to the gang. I can naturally be here for the rest of service after church. I can be in this group of six guys and I could just be here laughing until church is empty and that's that. And I won't have spoken to anybody that I don't really see that often or that I don't talk to on the phone in the week or that I don't text in the week. Not that I really text anyone, but anyway, that's not a conversation. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, actually make a beeline for... And I'm going to say something that's a bit mad and maybe I'll get dragged a little bit. I think maybe with a little bit of my... I say work, it's not really work. It's just church hat on. If I see gang gang chatting and doing kick 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 on a Sunday and I see people that are in church but a bit quieter or in church or a bit on the periphery or not been church for a while um I'm gonna go over and then say guys can one of you go and catch so-and-so I'm gonna break it up <laughs> that's a bit mad maybe that's a bit mad because I think yeah it's so easy to slide into our familiar um our familiar our familiar friendships and not be mindful of those who we are in fellowship with but who friendship is not as instinctive with no, the truth and, um, and and yeah, make a beeline for those guys because they, I am in fellowship with them. I just, I'm just not in friendship with them. And so I want to, I want to um, acknowledge our fellowship as precious and therefore kind of oversteer against my instincts, which is to talk to the gang and, and try and honour my fellowship and talk to people who may not be gang, but who, but who are, who I am in fellowship with. Maybe that's not, a bit heavy handed of me. Right, Something that you keep, that you're alluding to there. Sometimes people make it out like, friendship is more important than fellowship please believe it's the other way around like yeah, it's not even and i think this is why like it's weird like when people say can i be in fellowship but not be your friend it's just a weird dynamic because it's like saying um 
how do I put it? Can I, can I, can I love you, but not be willing to buy you ice lollies? I don't know. Like it's, it's the wrong way around. You misunderstand it. The fellowship is deeper than friendship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, praise the Lord. Fantastic. But, one, one will definitely last for eternity. There are lots of people that are your friends oh, um, that, you don't, that you're not you're not in union with. Um, mm. You're not a part of the same body. You're not a part of the same bride. Now, God willing, we long for them to be. And let's pray towards and work towards and speak towards that end. Um, but the union that you have with brothers and sisters, the fellowship that you do have is established in Christ and will last for eternity. So if you have friendship on top of that, that's, that's joy. That's fantastic. But which one's um deeper um yeah one has been established in christ and so yeah fellowship is deeper than friendship like richard said these are people that can talk will know to talk to god on your behalf for you and um, he mm. knows what it means when you say that you're struggling with sin and you're and you're ish, and you're ashamed and and you're full of guilt and you're racked and and will know how to how to counsel you in that situation lots of people can be your friends not everyone can do that with you like, we've got a lot of friends out here yeah mm. No, no, yeah. Sorry, we can like, yeah. I think I think that's a one. I think that's a wonderful point. Um, and I yeah, I just think of um, I think it's Hebrews chapter uh, that twelve to thirteen. I say that just because like it's noise in that range, but um, it speaks about like just the whole, the fact that um, you know that certain things are shakable in this world, but there's coming a time when God will shake the entire world. There's even a proverb that talks about the fact that there's a world war, a whirlwind coming. Um, but the only things that will stand, the only things that will remain. And that won't be shaken or essentially everything that's rooted in Christ. And, you know, our fellowship is actually rooted in Christ. Our friendship is really not, um, you know, even our even our blood, our, our family ties are not rooted in Christ. Um, but, you know, our 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 church family is like it, it, this is we're bound together by his blood. And I think that's a that's a, a wonderful reality and just something to think through. Um, but I do appreciate that, especially like whilst we're in lockdown, tier four. Cry face, cry face emoji. Um, like, how are you guys handling? Like, what does fellowship look like for you now? Like, how do you deal with the isolation? Like, what is like? How do you fellowship through isolation, if that makes sense, or through the pandemic? Yeah, I, I think I think um, I think when you're in church and when you're, when you're seeing each other regularly, especially you know you've you've heard God's teaching, you've heard a sermon. It's very easy to transition of oh, how did you find the sermon? What have you been reading this week? What, what, what's, what's been, what, you know, what are you learning? And it's so easy to have that conversation quite naturally. But when church you're, <laughs> what do you say? Church lingo. <laughs> yeah, but when you're away from the saints, as in physically, no one's really checking up on you. No one's really, how do they know if you've been reading today? How do they know if you've been praying? Yeah, who, so, you know, out of sight, out of mind sometimes. So you, you think of some people that, that may not have that many people actually reaching out to them. Um, and it's, it's easy to drift. And I think when I, when I think about, fellowship I, I also think about per- perseverance because it's so easy um when you're not in community uh to drift away and I think the charge is on is on the saints to, to keep to have to have close proximity towards the saints so that you can actually encourage them so they're not you know hardened by the deceitfulness of sin as, as Hebrews 3 puts it and I, and I think when you're isolated it's so easy to drift and, I, and every time I've spoken to I remember the start of lockdown, I was speaking to people and they were like, yeah, man, it's been hard, you know, the walk's been spiritually, it's been hard, spiritually, it's been hard. And it's like, wow, like, that's something that you probably miss when you when you don't have that face-to-face encouragement, that face-to-face mutual benefit of when I'm low, that's the time I speak to a, a brother or a sister and, and they're, they're, you know, they're reminding me of the love of God or they're reminding me that 
Christ forgives sin. But when you're away from that, it's it's so easy to, to, to miss that or miss the importance of it anyway. Richard, how have you found dealing with isolation? No, sorry, I was I was I was just vibing. So yeah, like I think I think what you said was very um accurate. So um I essentially I'm I'm getting a picture in my mind of do you like when you watch like a new, when a new music video drops and then you go online for the reactions? Like when you're not having <laughs> this kind of um when you're not having the reactions like straight after the sermon, like do you know what I mean? I thought that sermon was banging. Yeah, 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 me too. Um and you're, and you're kind of exchanging those thoughts and then you go into um like, oh, how are you doing by the way, X, Y, and Z, if you even get that far. Um to actually stop and listen. I think I think now, yeah, I think as I stressed before, I think it comes down to proactivity. Um, I think it's realizing that like fellowship is is something that you have to actively engage in and it's not something that just passively happens to you. And that looks like you going out of your way to, as I was saying before, like actually stretch yourself for the sake of the saints. You messaging people, you calling people, you voice noting people, you um, where allowed you opening up your home to people you like I can't even count how many times I've just been outside on like one two three hour walks with people just catching up speaking seeing how they're doing how they're managing through lockdown the number of calls I've taken um, and yet there's still so many more people that I need to catch up with so many people who have even dropped me messages who I've not been able to respond to properly yet like I I, I almost find myself being overwhelmed because now I'm realizing the kind of activity or proactivity that was needed that's actually been needed for me on my day-to-day basis, even outside of lockdown, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think something that's that this has actually taught me just in this period is how proactive we have to be um, on our day-to-day basis um, when passivity is almost quote-unquote an option, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, I think that's just me at the moment, really just pondering through that. Um, and trying to see what, what, in what ways I can really stretch myself for the saints, um, for the older saints who are um, struggling to even leave the house because they're shielding and they're more vulnerable, um, or people who have certain underlying health conditions. Can I go out of my way to help with their shopping, for example? Um, for people who ha- are living by themselves, can I go out of my way to to meet up with them or to catch or to or to see how they're doing or to give them a call? Um, you know, just trying to do those types of things for the saints insofar as is possible is yeah is a helpful is a helpful thing um and it's really just the way i'm trying to deal with isolation but let me just pass the mic over to gabs um gabby what are you saying as well yeah i think that's one of the reasons why this lockdown has been um yeah devastating because i don't think this is how the church is supposed to be um we're supposed to gather and so um yeah one of the reasons why social distancing is so um, yeah, devastating for the churches because we miss this, we fellowship. And, and to a degree, there's a sense that, um, yeah, until gathered again, we won't be able to replicate it completely. But what the guys have said entirely is how you go about it. You go out of your way to call people and, um, yeah, post-sermon chat and walks, every local park, do a few rounds of the park. Um, but um, even even praying, um, churches that have church directories and things like that, or if you have a small group, to commit to praying for those people. Um, yeah, add, add one a day or one a week or whatever to your, yeah, to your prayers. Um, and, and there's a, there's a fellowship in that cause you're, you're, you're thinking about that person's life and then you check in and say, Oh, I remember that you mentioned this about this. How's that going? Um, um, but I do want to, um, I can be my, it's something that you just said, Richard, actually Richard, that it can be overwhelming 
and especially if your church is bigger and there's a lot of people around, it can be overwhelming. And, it, and obviously you have to be realistic about your time constraints and your commitments. And so I don't want, um, I don't want people to feel burdened by um, us on here saying, oh, you got to get on to every guy. Your church is 300 people. That's 300 calls you got to make in the next six months. Like, um, <laughs> be, be, be realistic about, um, about what um, your capacity is looking like, but don't and but there's a balance that that don't that but then be willing to be stretched in that I don't think I don't think you you can go all the way out for everybody at all the all the time it's just not possible um but are you going out for somebody are you are you stretching for somebody um are you committed and walking with somebody or a handful of people that are more than just your natural gang um yeah, because I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about. Yeah, it can be overwhelming, and there's so many needs, and there's so many people to walk with, and so many people to love and love on. And some people are like, "That's just not realistic." But that, <laughs> okay, of course that's not realistic. But the cha- I suppose the challenge and the question is: Is there, is there, um, yeah, who are we going out of our way um, to stretch for and love? Um, who's more than just our natural? our natural um social circle and the last thing i'll say because i'm there's a few things that came to my mind whilst others were talking even whilst i was talking i was like i'm saying a lot of things you know i'm saying a lot of things about um fellowship being deeper than friendship and fellowship just being yeah that thing that has been bought for us in christ and that lasting for eternity Mm. and even as i'm talking my own words are convicting me because i'm thinking that means anyone in the life of the church that i'm a bit tense with or that i've got a bit of an arm's distance or there's something that's happened and we've not really said anything and we just let it lie because whatever, cool, we'll just keep it moving. That's actually an issue. Um, if fellowship is is a part of what it means to, to be the church, to live out the gospel, and that's walking in truth and love, then, then those relationships that feel a bit sticky or there's something that's just unsaid or you're not sure when it's a bit tense and so there's distance, that's really not fitting for people for, for whom you're in fellowship with, which is other believers. Um, so yeah, so it's it's challenging to consider what fellowship is, what healthy fellowship is, and and how some of our relationships across the life of the church may need some some um, rehab, <laughs> may need some TLC, may need some um, addressing of things unsaid that need to be said, and things apologised for that haven't yet been apologised for, or just clearing the air. Do you know what I mean? Like things, and you because you yeah. leave it. And mm. things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, if even as I'm talking, I'm like, oh yeah, fellowship is oh it's deep, it's deeper than this, it's gonna go into eternity. That doesn't mean that it's easy. Um mm, yeah. Yeah, fellowship can be hard when you're brushing up against each other and it's it can be a bit it can be a bit um sticky and if you're involved in each other's lives and something something was said and it cut you a certain kind of way and distance sets in and now we're isolated, it's even easier to not pick it up with that brother or sister. Um yeah, fellowship is deep and it's eternal, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, yeah. and yeah, there's, there's, maybe there's some things to, but because it is deep and eternal, I mean, sometimes we have got to have awkward conversations about, about our relationships. For real. You guys have been challenging me. I think both of you have really stressed the importance of, of being very, first of all, sacrificial, um, stretching one yourself and also very intentional. Um, I think sometimes I can, I can kind of fall into, you know, I see, I see the, I see the gang, I see the crew. I'm, I'm willing to give them as much time as I can. And I see someone I know that's in the church that we don't have, you know, the best of conversations. And I give them what I call 
There's 15 easy. seconds, you know, give them, oh, you're right, uh, how you been? Your, your week's good, yeah? And then you just move on. Um, and I think it's actually quite important to to push against that and actually think about those who are on the periphery, those who may um, have, who may actually experience deeper sense of isolation, you know, those who don't have a great group of, you know, relationships and, and reaching out to them. I, I remember speaking to, to a sister who, who in the first Sunday we came back, she she was able to make a note of those who weren't there and actually decided to to, to call them. Or she knew that someone who couldn't make because they were shielding, she wanted to kind of speak to them and give them a summary of the sermon or, or whatever. And, and I think it's just it's just thinking in my relationship in the church. How can I how can I encourage one another? And, and it's it's when I was thinking through this, it, it's so it's so important to to live lives. Uh, worthy of the gospel because sin really does sever fellowship in so many ways like the the, the time you don't really want to reach out to anyone is probably the time when you're struggling with sin the most and and that's so important why we should live holy lives because my life is is intrinsically connected to your life and your growth and your and your development as a believer um so yeah it's it's been so so challenging for me to, to to really think of how can i sacrifice my time uh my treasures for the benefit of others um which is which is fellowship mm. i was just gonna say like final my final thoughts um one one gabby two things one gabby mentioned um that we can't be everything to everybody at all times and i think that's such a healthy thing just to remind people because i found myself at time just almost suffering burnout entire burnout just because i felt like i've been trying to give myself almost too much um, obviously there are loads of times where I'm not giving myself nearly enough but I think there have been times where I've been giving myself too much and that might just be um, compounded by other things going on in my life in general but I remember one brother just messaging me and reminding me like listen like you can't be all things to all people like you're not Christ and I found that to be such a, a wonderful mm. kind of reminder of where our limitations do like do fall and so there should be a, a, almost a, a, a want a desire to do as much as we can for all for all the all the beloved, you know, to to love everyone, especially those of God's house, and to do, do you know what I mean to do what we can for them. But then, when we do hit that limit, we also have to appreciate. Listen, where we where we stop, you know, God, God, where our love almost fails, or our love stops, or our energy stops, that's where God's love and energy continues, and that's where God's strength is made known in our, in the midst of our weakness. And I guess that's that's one kind of um thing we can just like remind ourselves that you know that. Uh, and that can even just cause us just to pray because like I said, where we can't um, give any more finances, you know, or where we can't um, open up our home any anymore or where we can't physically be with people, you know, especially in the midst of lockdown, that's where God's love extends. Um, and then, yeah, second thing was just, just like stressing that actually there are loads of implications that just flow as I'm listening to you, to you both, like just wonderful implications that just flow from from fellowship like the fact that as i mentioned earlier it's the gospel witness you know to the out to the world but also like you know the fact that love covers a multitude of sins like as gabby mentioned i can't just be looking at someone sideways when i have like i have issues with them when actually my relationship is not primarily with them my relationship is primarily with god and yeah. and 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 it's through the, and and it's through god that i have relationship with them and so for me to not want to squash some sort of beef with somebody is like almost saying that um is almost in one sense having to first push that kind of hatred through through your relationship with Christ to that person, if that makes sense. And so um it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing to do. Um I almost have a picture of like an umbilical cord between me and another believer and Christ being that cord that binds us. Um, 
Mm. It's just a really like um but yeah, it's almost it's almost as if you're having to push that kind of like I said, the, the that kind of hatred through that kind of cord. And um, which is Christ, which is meant to be the that love, which is the bond of perfection. So it's just it's just a weird a weird reality. So yeah, love cover a multitude of sins. Um, the gospel witness, the willingness to sacrifice on on behalf of one another, and even more like finally, like just the fact that it's actually reflective of our relationship with God. Like the way that we love people tells us something of how our love for God. Such that in one John it speaks about the fact that if you hate your brother, then you hate God. Like you know, if you're if you know what I mean, and so like. I, I, I would stress that just because I know that especially some people have really struggled with fellowship, with, you know, like opening themselves to the saints, to, with um, with sacrificing on behalf of the saints, with, you know, giving themselves for the sake of the body, with all of that type of stuff during lockdown, which is completely understandable in one sense. But in another sense, you just have to remind people like, listen, like, don't let um, those struggles now define your relationship with God and his people, because ultimately um, that might even have detrimental effects just on your spiritual well-being. Um, and yeah, I just I just wanted to stress those those things, because I think they're all really healthy things just to remind ourselves of when we speak about fellowship. It's not an abstract idea and concept. It's actually something that's fundamental um, for our salvation and not just our, our, our work. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. And I think some of the points you've said about um, trusting and, and wanting to be open to one another, I, th- I think we'll cover in, in subsequent weeks. Um, some people have church hurt. So all of those things make it, might make it harder for, for fellowship to happen. Um, but I, sp- I spent too much time in a, a clubhouse for Dream Girls, and so now I have We Are Family in my head. Um, and, 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 <laughs> and all the other, all the other things that are said about um, brothers and sisters um, co-heirs, all these things that are, are leveraged on Christians um, and actually really ties with our relationship with one another and with God. Um, so no, that was that was really helpful, um, Richard. Any last thoughts from you, Gabby? Um, no, I think I, yeah, I've said, said too much. I even need to go and uh, seek the Lord. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's so, it's so challenging and so convicting, uh-huh. but such a joy. Like, um, mm. yeah, I'm just thinking of a number of situations and friends and, and, I, and I think there's no doubt that this is hard, especially when you're, yeah, when there's fellowship, but maybe not the instinctive friendship, like it's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard. It's, um, yeah, it, it can be demanding emotionally. Um, but this is, yeah, but the church is a blessing. Uh, yeah. It's, she's, she's some, some, something to love. And, um, mm. and so, um, all right. I praise God. <laughs> you might not really, you might not really talk to me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so yeah, but yeah, this is this is the gang of eternity. This is this is who Christ is saving, and so yeah, it, it is difficult. And I'm not saying that lightly. Like I work in a church context, I know that it, this can be. It's hard. It's hard, especially if people that you're close to. That that's what can be the most difficult mm. when people when you've been wronged and when you've been hurt or when you feel isolated or like you're so like pushed to the periphery of a social circle. There's so many different dynamics and ways in which even as Mary mentioned before, you're struggling with your own sin. Um, there's so many dynamics that make fellowship difficult, but it's, it is, it is worth it. A, because it's been purchased in Christ. B, because it's necessary for your soul's sake. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That first of is that Mary's talking about and see, this is eternal. This is eternal. And um, this will last for eternity. Um, and so, yeah. So what, a, what a beautiful thing. Um, that's my final thoughts. 
Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Gabby. I really appreciate the conversation. Um, Fellowship, Church, uh, Church in the Wild series. We've got we've got more conversations. But anything you want us to speak about regarding the church, guys, tweet us. Um, share with us your thoughts. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this one, guys. Really challenging. Um, yeah, that's it. Under an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. See you later.